Welcome to Chatsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chatsunami. My name's Satsunami and joining me today is none other than the fantastic host of the Bring Your Own Popcorn podcast. It is Mixtape, also known as Aubrey. Aubrey, welcome to Chatsunami. Yay, hello. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you doing today? Yeah, overall I'm doing pretty good. I'm having some carpal tunnel issues with my hand, which is making editing very hard, but luckily my voice is untouched, so I I can still ramble. Oh, it's always the worst, see, when you're midway through edit and then you get a flow and then you're like, oh no, <laughs> not <Yes>. again. <laughs> yes. I know, hashtag podcaster problems, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> For real, yeah. I need my editing hand. How are you getting on with your editing anyway? Well, it's normally going well. It's not going well now that I'm having carpal tunnel because I can only edit like one minute at a time and then I have to like take a break and do stretches. <laughs> but other than that, it usually goes pretty well. Oh, I know. And it's always the long form episodes, isn't it? Yes. So by your name, or rather by your podcast name, Bring Your Own Popcorn, you of course discuss a lot of film-based topics and things which I have to say, first of all, you do an absolutely fantastic job of, can I just say? Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. But I've just got to ask, what was the inspiration behind the name Bring Your Own Popcorn? I am not sure. I think it literally just came to me, which is usually how my brain operates when I think of titles, things just pop into my head. Although I will say when I started the podcast, I was working at a movie theater and I've always been quite obsessed with popcorn. Like it's one of my favorite snacks. Although ironically, I can't, I haven't been able to eat popcorn for a year because I also have jaw issues, (laughs) but I absolutely love popcorn. And I was working at a movie theater and was trying to think of a title for a podcast and literally just came to my head like, oh, bring your own popcorn. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. No, it is a good name, to be fair. Thank you. But out of curiosity, when you were saying that you started the podcast, am I right in saying you started it as far back as 2013? Yes, I started it in 2013, 10 years ago, which is wild. Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. No, it's because I was looking at your feed and everything, and usually when I'm talking to other podcasters and other like content creators, streamers and such, a lot of them have come from the 2020s mindset of because of the lockdowns and everything. They said, oh, we're going to start streaming, we're going to start podcasting. And then usually these shows, myself included, mind you, started in the 2020s and that's why. So I was quite surprised when I was scrolling through just to double check. I was like, 2013? Wow, I can't (laughs) believe it. (laughs) Yeah, I sort of underwent the quarantine phenomenon in that I boosted my podcast and I started doing more episodes again because I was kind of on a really weird schedule for a long time. For the first couple of years, I was pretty regular about having a couple episodes a month and then it went down to one episode a year for many years. And then in 2020, before we knew the pandemic had started, I had decided independently like, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to start doing my podcast again. That'd be fun. And then, of course, the pandemic hit but I realized oh we can still like record remotely and so I figured out how to do that and so I've had a comeback of the podcast basically since 2020 and have been doing more regular episodes. Going back to the beginning of the podcast though what was your inspiration behind 
starting the podcast? My inspiration in the very beginning was literally just like arrogantly thinking that me and my friends talking about movies was interesting. I remember having a conversation with a friend about a movie and it was just so fun talking with them about the movie, like getting into how specific moments made us feel and how we had different experiences of it. Like he felt one way about one scene and I felt another way. And then talking about like why the filmmakers might have decided to do that and other ways they could have done it. And all of that was just like so fun for me to talk about. And I literally was just like, you know what? Someone else should hear us talking right now because <laughs> I think this is interesting. And I don't know how true that is. I mean, I do get, you know, some plays. So it seems to be relatively true, at least. <laughs> Would you say, though, there's like a difference between the, the, and apologies if I'm getting a bit too deep so early on in the episode, but would you say there was a difference between when you started versus podcasting now in terms of the podcasting landscape? Because I have to admit, around 2013, I think I was still in university and everything, and I'd heard of podcasts and things, but I never really immersed myself in them back then. So I'm just wondering, did you feel as if they were as popular back then as they almost seem just now? No, they weren't. They weren't as popular and people still saw them as this sort of mysterious and difficult thing because people were always shocked to find out that I had a podcast back then. They were like, whoa, like how? Where do you get the money? Like who's producing it? It's like, dude, you can literally just like anyone can do it. <laughs> literally anyone can do it. And the reason that I knew that was because one of my best friends and my roommate had a podcast. And so I could see him doing it. And that's what made it easy for me to just be like, hey, I can do that too. Like you just have to reserve a hosting site and pay, albeit a significant amount of money, I would say per year. And then yeah, that has definitely changed now because a lot of people have realized that. And so I'm very happy that a lot of people are podcasting now because it makes the scene so much more diverse. I would say there's still a lot of podcasting is still predominantly like a white male field, but it's so much more diverse than when I started. Because that was, I think, one of the reasons why people were like, wait, you have a podcast? You? So yeah, there's been a big shift both in people's perceptions of podcasts and who is podcasting. It's definitely interesting to see that as a field of content creation that has certainly evolved over the years. I remember back in maybe 2013, the big thing was, and don't get me wrong, I know YouTube is still a thing, just in case anyone's listening, be like, YouTube's still around, you know, but (laughs) YouTube used to be the kind of big thing. And then, of course, Twitch slowly grew behind that. And then, as you said, podcasts were still around and it is amazing to see so many people from different backgrounds being able to have the confidence to just come on and being able to talk because would you say it is daunting for a lot of people to see other podcasters and think oh my goodness all of these high profile podcasters oh I don't know if I should do that yeah I agree it is intimidating or at least I understand how it's intimidating but it honestly has never felt intimidating to me (laughs) and I think that's just because I've always been recording stuff. Like I did a fake radio show for no one as a kid. I would just record with my friends into a talk boy or talk man. What were those things called? It was like a handheld recorder where you would record on a cassette tape and I would do these fake radio shows and like even record songs from the radio to make it sound like I was actually like DJing and it wasn't for anyone to listen to. And so I sort of approached podcasting the same way. It's just like, I'm just going to record this and it so happens that other people can hear it, but I'm not thinking of that a whole lot beyond being conscious of like not being offensive (laughs) like beyond that I'm still trying to like approach it from that same way of just like we're just 
doing this for fun and for our own benefit, even if, you know, it doesn't need to get famous or big or anything like that, basically. Because I think that is the worry, or not worry, sorry, that's the wrong word, but it's this kind of preconception that when you go into content creation nowadays, a lot of people are thinking, oh, it's a get-rich-quick kind of thing, that, oh, you just have to sit down, say something, especially in the world of, because I know you as well, you do Twitch streaming, and I know we'll definitely come on to that because I'm very curious to hear your thoughts about it. (laughs) But I remember that was how I got my start in 2020. I decided, oh, I'm going to start Twitch streaming because one of my other friends did it, and I thought, oh, I don't know if I'm that confident in doing it. And then it evolved from doing Twitch streaming and then moving on to the podcast because I was very self-conscious about the way I spoke and everything, the way my voice sounded, and then this sounds like an advert for podcasts and be like, thanks to podcasting, (laughs) I got the self-confidence I needed. No, it's so true. (laughs) It's so true though. Yeah, podcasting gave me a lot of a lot more confidence too. I agree. It's a really good self-reflection tool. As long as you're not so insecure that when you hear yourself, you want to die. Like if you're that insecure, you got some work to do. (laughs) But if you're if you're at the sort of in-between point where you listen to yourself and you'd be like, I messed up there, like I could have said that better. And instead using that to be like, then I will. (laughs) Next time I will do better. And then that builds confidence from that, at least for me. Because I feel as if it's a kind of Stockholm syndrome thing if you do your own editing and you are just trapped with your own voice for about an hour or so and you're like oh my god I'm just gonna have to get through it like now I I genuinely don't mind my voice but when I started editing vlogs and then eventually editing the actual podcast I was like get through it Satsu get through it come on we're gonna get through it and then eventually yeah. I did and that was fine exposure therapy oh exactly <laughs> It really is, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely good for self-confidence. I do agree with you. I do think that even if you're doing it for yourself and then moving on, because I know there's quite a few people who use it for their own experiences or they use it as a kind of outlet, which I feel as if is quite a positive thing. Well, yeah, I think so. Can you give me an example of what you mean? So another podcaster I know from Egypt who runs a podcast called Illegible Scribbles. They do this podcast in Arabic where they talk about day-to-day life and basically their own personal experience, not just like in the frame of, for example, if you and I are talking about films, it's not like just our opinion, it's almost like a diary of sorts, Mm. putting themselves out there, almost like a mini vlog, or not a vlog, sorry. I don't know what you would call that. Yeah, an audio diary. Because I know technically podcasts would cover it, but I don't know if there's like a specific term for that kind voice diary audio diary i think is a term and i'd say most podcasts aren't audio diaries but what you're describing is actually the friend that i mentioned who inspired me to start a podcast that's what his podcast was too it was just him and one of his good friends would just meet like once a month and recap everything that had happened since the last time they talked to each other and they kept doing it for like 10 years so it ended up being this like really cool time capsule of where they were in their early 20s and then versus their early 30s that does sound pretty cool to be honest yeah this might sound like a silly question but do you feel as if there's more pressure when you do a podcast that feels more 
personal versus like if you're projecting your own opinion on something. So for example, with your friend and my friend's podcast talking about their own feelings, experiences versus, for example, you or I, if we are talking about a particular film and projecting their opinions onto that, do you feel as if there's more stress if you try to make it more personal? Oh, it's the opposite for me. There's less stress for personal topics and more stress for more nerdy and formal topics because especially with stuff like movies or anything that has a fandom there is that awareness of like okay yes people are going to be hearing this and they're going to want me to pronounce the actors names right they're going to want me to get the director right and I'm terrible with names and memory stuff like that and I want to come off as at least somewhat knowledgeable and if not knowledgeable at least I want to come across as if I care and not sound like I'm just like fucking around and shooting the shit about that like I can sound more casual when it's personal topics but if I'm talking about something that has a fandom then I feel more pressure to be more careful and conscientious. I mean I felt exactly the same way when my friend Adam and I did an episode on the K-drama Squid Game. Oh nice. (laughs) Because I learned many languages on the side as a hobby but Korean is not one of them which is surprising because I know you and I have a shared interest in K-dramas. Yes absolutely. Absolutely love them but I remember rehearsing the name beforehand thinking I think it's Gihun or something and again I probably mess that up there but you know <laughs> I'd say it over and over again and then I would say it in the episode and I'm listening back to it and I'm like that doesn't sound right and I don't want to you know <laughs> give that impression that oh I'm just saying it you know half assed or anything but no I, I totally see where you're coming from there is that pressure although we haven't had any backlash yet fortunately you know fingers crossed touch wood yeah. there was an episode that my um, other friend Andrew and I did where we talked about an anime called Sword Art Online and that is quite a relatively controversial anime because it's a starter anime for a lot of people so they have like a deep rooted nostalgia Uh at the same time there's a lot of very problematic elements to it which I won't go into in this episode Mm. but the reason it was actually inspired was because Andrew had actually gone on and given his opinion about a certain element of the show and there was a lot of fans that attacked him. Oh no. Yeah, I thought that was very surprising because I was like, my friend, and obviously not just because he's my friend, if you're listening, Andrew, <laughs> there, but he's not one of these people that goes out of his way to, you know, incite conflict or be like, oh, I think this, and, you know, sits back and waits for the hate to come through. It was oh, a yeah. genuinely thoughtful response that he gave and he had all these people attacking him being like, oh, yeah. you don't know what you're talking about, this and that. <laughs> yeah, like so far we haven't had any hate for that. Yeah, fandoms don't care. Fandoms don't care how polite or mild your comment is if it's if it disagrees with what they think yeah they will go hog wild I have to admit we haven't experienced that fortunately yet which is always nice in the indie sphere of podcasting it's always nice when you have like a very civil discussion but have you ever had that with your own episodes? I haven't and I think it's probably because my reach isn't huge and just hasn't gotten to the people that would be pissed off by it because it certainly there's many aspects of my podcast that would piss off a certain demographic thank god have not seemed to discover me yet (laughs) so i haven't gotten any at least public feedback or negative comments like that but i'm also pretty cautious both in what i say or what i post online under the bring your own popcorn name i try to be pretty cautious and avoid posting anything that could incite that kind of drama i also am pretty good about
about monitoring comments and stuff like that. So I am very generous with the block button. If I see people being really aggressive and like attacking other people, then I'll block them. So they don't even get a chance to attack me because they're already blocked. <laughs> yeah, it's something that I have to admit, although the indisphere of podcasting is a very positive community I've found, for the most part, the majority of other podcasters, they're very supportive. They'll try and build you up. Yeah. They'll retweet and everything. They'll listen to episodes. I think it's fantastic. But like any other fandom or community, there's always the one or two that slip through the cracks. Yeah. And it is interesting what you were saying there when you were saying you're quite careful about what you post and everything and who you interact with. Because obviously, I'm not naming names or anything, but there have <laughs> been a few. For legal reasons, I'm looking at my Red Panda lawyer in the corner <laughs> and he's giving me the thumbs up here. But there have been a few over the past year or so yeah. that I've seen. I remember I saw them everywhere all over Twitter and everything they had a very prominent stance and then because of the way they interacted with others or the way they presented themselves on Twitter they have just drawn completely negative attention to the podcast and essentially they've just sunk themselves yeah it just it seems like an issue that obviously I think the majority of podcasters kind of know to conduct themselves in a very civil way especially if they are representing a quote-unquote brand as it were but it's surprising to see the amount that aren't. I mean, I think that comes from what we were saying earlier is that anyone can podcast. You do need money, but yeah, anyone who's got $160 for like a year or maybe some sites are even cheaper. I think some are even free. I think Anchor might be free. So yeah, that's what happens when the doors are open to everyone is there's going to be eventually some people who are like that. I still think it's not a reason to close the doors or make it less accessible, but it's something to be mindful about of like, yeah, anyone can do this. And so inevitably there's going to be some jerks and we just have to as a community hold hands and work together against the jerks <laughs> no you're absolutely right though because it is such an easy platform for people to get onto like especially you see celebrities now who are just realizing oh podcasts are really easy to get into because all they yeah. have to do they are obviously not in the same level they've got people who edit for them and everything which you know that's just my dream i go to sleep at night thinking oh there's an editor <laughs> are waiting for me and then I wake up and I cry but that's beside the <laughs> point <laughs> but you know they've got like teams and everything and it's exactly what you said the fact that podcasting I mean I believe this as well that podcasting is for the most part for everyone but that doesn't give you a free pass as you said for being hateful or just a all around you know horrible person because I have seen a lot of those types of podcasts where they say oh I'm unfiltered or oh I don't you xyz i'm not this i'm not that i'm real seems to be like the buzzword that they throw yeah, around real or raw or like i say it like it is and what they oh, really yeah. mean is like i say shitty things <laughs> oh exactly and you look through their tweets or their podcast you're like oh no, oh, no, no. yeah <laughs> i actually got invited onto one of those podcasts it was just a random one again i won't name names but i always remember someone said oh hi we would love to have you on our show and everything and i was like oh wow that's really cool and then i went into 
of the profile, I was like, huh. And it was <laughs> one of these very American-centric, stay-at-how-it-is things. And as a mild-mannered Scott, I was just like, nah. <laughs> what about your account? Because your account is a very nice account. Chatsunami has such a sweet community presence on Instagram and Twitter and Discord, where you're very kind and like are always reaching out to people and just like spreading positive energy. What about your Twitter made them think, yeah, this person totally fits our vibe. How? Oh yeah. As I said before, the Red Panda lawyer would have a field day being like, for legal <laughs> reasons, he did not mean this. He did not mean that. It's a weird one because personally for me, and I know you as well, you're quite positive with your community because what you do with yours is absolutely fantastic. But what I've always tried to do is try to foster a positive community, but I don't want to also foster a community that is like, a, you know those posters, the famous British keep calm and carry on kind of posters yeah. where it's like, oh, things might be bad, but you have to keep persevering, you know, because on the one hand I want it to be a positive environment I don't want people to come to my podcast thinking oh the world's burning and everything and they've had negative podcasts and things like that where I've said oh I don't like this or I don't like that you know in terms of pop culture or things like that but I also don't want people to think that it's like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer has like these claws bringing these lips up to make him smile all the time and it's like <laughs> I don't want people to think that's how I'm walking around every day like oh what a beautiful day there's that danger of toxic positivity as well which I have seen not so much with podcasters but a lot of other content creators like have you ever seen that? Yes absolutely toxic positivity is a huge issue and a a huge thing that I'm very against because I think that when you push positivity that far it's not positivity anymore it's just negativity and exclusion and inaccessibility because it comes from this place of like there's some things you can't say if something's bad or something feels bad, you can't talk about it. And that's not positive. That's not a warm, welcoming environment. That's an oppressive environment. And I think what you were saying before is like you like to foster a positive community and that does include setting boundaries. So like fostering a positive community doesn't mean like, oh, I'm just always saying nice things to nice people. It means setting boundaries with mean people, whether that means not engaging with them, not talking to them or blocking them or whatever. Just making a a choice to engage with certain people and not others as opposed to like just indiscriminately working with and supporting everyone publicly. Because as you want to be a positive role model to people who are listening and you want them to think that oh this is a nice podcast, it's safe and you feel comfortable in this community but at the same time as you said you don't want to be like you better smile at this or else kind of (laughs) thing. I swear to god if I see one more frown (laughs) from you you're getting booted out of this community. Yeah good vibes only is oppression actually actually. Sometimes my vibes aren't good. (laughs) The amount of people I have seen non-ironically use good vibes only and (laughs) they just continue to be like, oh it's so happy. Oh no, you're bringing down my vibe. Get rid of them. Like some kind of Alice in Wonderland character. You're like, what is going on here? Yeah. It makes me think of The Giver. Did you ever read that book? No, I don't think so. Oh, it's about this dystopia. It's like a science fiction novel that's about this dystopia, but the dystopia is presented as a utopia. So like you think it's like this perfect world and everything's happy, 
and everyone's happy. And then slowly throughout the book, you find out like, no, no one's really happy. They're just like forced to smile and they're forced. They can never say bad things about the government. They can never criticize the way things are. But actually, like the government has outlawed color. Like (laughs) they somehow made it so people can't see in color. They can only see in black and white. And there's like no weather. There's no snow. There's no rain and stuff like that. So it all becomes very sterile and just bland and forced. Kind of in summary to that, you want to be positive, but you do want to be realistic about it all. Yeah. Going on to something, another hobby that you have as well, you said you were into Twitch streaming. Yeah, I started a Twitch series earlier this year, and I have streamed in the past, but in the past I would just stream games, and usually directly from a PlayStation, so I had like no overlay or anything like that, and it was just me on mic. But the stream that I started at the beginning of this year is called Riff Raff Reads, and it is basically a sister show to Bring Your Own Popcorn because Bring Your Own Popcorn is all about movies and Riff Raff Reads, as you might guess from the title having read in it, (laughs) is about books and reading. But not just books, but also scientific articles. And the concept for that show is together we read things that you want to know but won't read alone. So I'm talking about stuff like when you see an interesting sounding scientific article and then you open it and start to read it and you're like, what do these words mean? And you're like exhausted two sentences in. Well, I want to read those articles for you together and figure out what the heck they mean. Because I'll like stop and like Google like, okay, what did that word mean? And what are they referring to in this sentence? So there's articles and then also a book. So we're currently reading through a book called Overthrow by Stephen Kinzer, which is about America's century of regime change from Hawaii to Iraq. It covers from the period of the early 1800s up until the mid 2000s of all the times that the the American government has either directly or indirectly overthrown other governments. So books like that, where it's like, well, that sounds interesting, but I don't know if I'm ever going to read that on my own, including me, which is why I decided to read it on a stream. Because if I'm reading it together with other people, then I'm more likely to finish it. And we can also talk together in the chat about what we're reading and kind of process together. So that's the concept of Riff Raff Reads. To be fair, it is a pretty darn good show. I've only popped into, I think, a hand full of them but I have to say the ones I have popped into I was like this is actually really comfy (laughs) (laughs) thank you oh yes so I did get like a fancy overlay and stuff for it which are by my friend Milk Surface who's Milk Myth on Twitter they are an amazing artist and they made this like really cozy little overlay and background for the show out of curiosity though when we were talking earlier about the podcasting community have you found any differences between the podcast community versus the community that you're tracked on Twitch? I have not found community in Twitch so far. I would say the the random Twitch folks who've stopped by my stream have been very nice, but I haven't done as much promoting for my Twitch stream as I do for my podcast. And it's also has only been around for six months at this point. So I, I don't feel embedded in the Twitch community yet. So I can't really compare it to podcasting. It's a strange and wonderful place, Twitch, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I started, I was very similar. Like I did the gaming side of it. The only reason I decided, oh, I want to do podcasting was because I enjoyed the talking side of it. So whenever I was talking about how, oh, I like this film or, oh, I think that's about this game. And I was like, what's the point of me playing this game? Because... <laughs> 
you know, like I was dying in the background and everything. I wasn't really concentrating. And I thought, you know, why don't I just start a podcast? And after that, again, it was the same friend who got me into streaming who started his own podcast. And I feel like such a copycat. He started one and I was listening to what he was saying and I was like, you know what? That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Now I'm here. I'm still here three years old. So. Yeah. Is your friend still doing it too? Unfortunately not. So my friend who's known on the channel as Craigie C, he does still like pop into this podcast in particular, but I think he stopped a couple of years ago. He did a podcast called Beer and Chill. If anyone out there hasn't listened to it, please feel free to check it out. But that was very much similar to this podcast. It was more a variety podcast where him and his friend Jan would talk about things like their favourite films, their favourite games, general things like that. And then you know what it's like, life got in the way and just ran out of time to do it and they were going to come back and then you know maybe they'll come back in the future to do it I really hope so because it is a very entertaining podcast but yeah that is kind of the worry for all podcasters isn't it you never know if one day you're like oh I don't have time for this episode and then time rolls away from you yeah that's the hard thing about the fact that for 99% of podcasters it is not a profit making thing there's a very small percentage of podcasters who started out famous or became famous who make a significant profit on podcasting, but most people cannot make a living on podcasting, which means you inevitably have a full-time job probably in addition to podcasting or have other life stuff going on. Whereas for the people who can make a living on it, I think it's a lot easier to stay committed to podcasting when it's a main thing that you're doing. No, that is true. I know when I started getting into Twitch streaming and I knew there was this discourse behind people saying, oh, it's like, as I said before, a get-rich-quick thing that you just sit in front of a camera and all you have to do is speak into the mic or oh you just have to play a video game and that is not what it's like at all. I've been streaming, I mean technically I've taken an unofficial hiatus for probably the last year or two but the fact was when I was putting everything into Twitch I was still getting following and I don't regret meeting those people or meeting the community that I did and everything, they're amazing but at the same time it wasn't the way that these newspapers and things say oh look at Jimmy he was in his room playing Call of Duty and now he's a multi-millionaire because <laughs> he's really good at COD and it's this right. idea that yeah all you have to do is that but do you feel as if it is the same with podcasting that people do have this preconception that you're going to be a millionaire you know it's like the golden ticket I don't think so at least I haven't encountered people who think that but I know some people do get into it with a goal of wanting to be big even if they're not thinking about money they want to be like famous and successful and you know get thousands of plays per episode you know as soon as it releases and stuff like that and that's just a small percentage of podcasts out of all the podcasts that there are which is many how many podcasts do you think there are do you think it's millions billions oh <laughs> absolutely this is a depressing thing there will be hundreds of thousands minimum of inactive podcasts that are just floating in limbo and they're yeah. just thinking they'll come back and record yeah. another episode just you wait and you're like oh my god those poor podcasts <laughs> yes but oh no there has to be surely because it's as you said everybody has a voice and everyone is depending on the content obviously but for the most part everyone is entitled to put their voice out there but whether negative or positive there are so many people wanting to be heard yes 
Definitely. Would you say, though, that podcasting is a positive outlet for people? It can be. It's not for everybody because there's podcasts that I've turned on and the first five minutes was just everyone shitting on other people, whether they were like saying, oh, this movie sucks and this actor sucks and my wife sucks and like just very uh, bad vibes (laughs) type of thing. But I think it has a lot of potential to be a positive outlet for people if they choose to have it be that way. Because I have to admit, this sounds terrible to be like, oh, celebrities or actors or things, oh, they're just like us, you know, because obviously they are. But the amount of, as she said, podcasts that do go into this, and I have to admit, there's only a few rare instances, I think, where I have fully gone in and been like, I don't like this, this is terrible, this person's terrible and everything. But for the most part, I am always, whether they're big, whether they're small, I'm always self-conscious about what I say about a particular game or actor or developer or thing because at the end of the day there is still a human behind that I don't know if a lot of podcasts and I know they're just being comical when you know that's perfectly fine if it's for comedic purposes but when it gets mean spirited and they say oh this actor's terrible they should quit forever and everything it's like whoa 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 hold on a second and I feel like an old man saying that being like whoa 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 (laughs) (laughs) it's one thing to express that opinion throughout the course of the podcast but it's another if your whole podcast is that I think that's where it really gets me it doesn't bother me if someone's got a podcast about an overall topic and then throughout it they happen to mention like oh they hate this particular actor or they think this singer is really bad that's fine but if they're really harping on it or if their whole podcast is just insulting everyone they talk about that's where it's just like I don't know why you're doing this why (laughs) it seems less like a podcast and more like a therapy session (laughs) yeah they're just like venting the I hate Nick Cage podcast I don't think that really took off probably (laughs) wait is that a real no no I don't know (laughs) it might be if you look it up probably I don't know (laughs) genuinely I don't know by the way for legal reasons I don't hate Nick Cage I don't think he's fantastic but I don't know why it was the first one that came to mind because I think I was scrolling Twitter before and someone was talking about that Renfield film so I've still got him in my head (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah no I know what you mean there is that line that even though if you're a small indie podcast you really have to hold yourself accountable to a degree it's all fair and good critiquing something but you don't have to be mean-spirited about it yeah and it's just about what kind of energy are you wanting to sit in and spread when you're sitting there bringing up all these negative feelings in yourself that doesn't really feel good for you if it's you know extended and repeated versus a a moment that comes up and then does it really feel good for other people to hear either like I'm curious for anyone who's like yeah I love listening to someone just talk about how much everything sucks that's probably not a happy person there and so they're kind of just taking unhappiness and exponentialing it I know that's not a word but multiplying it (laughs) because I have to say the early 2010s on the internet was especially infamous for that you had high profile creators like angry video game nerd and you know those kind of people who they yelled at the camera and said oh this is terrible this is awful and you still get them nowadays but you get these people who you know because they're saying that type of persona become popular they're saying oh I have to mimic that you know I can't just say I didn't like that film wasn't great they have to say you know a very hyperbolic type opinion you don't get a middle ground you always get a oh this is the worst thing ever and I mean that's why whenever I do an episode on a particular show or game or anything I always have to clarify that if you like said game or said property then 
saying, you know, that's perfectly fine. Because I say it's rubbish or because I say I didn't enjoy it, I don't want to gatekeep what other people enjoy. Yeah. I'm just a random person in Scotland giving my opinion. <laughs> like, I would hate the idea that someone's taking my word and saying, oh, that person's right. Because he hates Birdemic, why should we like Birdemic? I'm like, no, no, no. If there's any Birdemic fans, which I highly doubt, but that's beside the point. If there's any Birdemic fans out there, you know, enjoy. Life is short. Enjoy it. Yeah, just having a consciousness of when you're speaking that you are saying your own opinion. And I think that's fine. Being like, oh man, I hated this movie and this is why I hated it is very different than saying this is a terrible movie for everyone. Nobody should like this movie and anyone who likes this movie sucks type of thing. And there is a difference between those two energies. There's so many people like that. Or not so many, but there have been a fair few that have cropped up recently. And it just seems unpleasant, doesn't it? Yeah, and same thing in reverse when people really love a movie and then like want to insist that everyone has to. And if, oh, you didn't love this movie, then you're a terrible person. And that's the one I come up against a lot is that there's movies that everybody loves that I do not. And I realize as we're saying this that I do, I'm talking about like, oh, the takedown negative episodes are bad. I do have a takedown negative episode about a movie that I hated and everybody loved. I think it won an Oscar, but I think, I don't want to like toot my own horn, but I think I did a pretty good job of keeping it fairly balanced and not just being, this is a terrible movie and you are terrible, but more being like, this is what I didn't like about this movie. This is what upset me about it. And also I got quotes from other people to see what they thought about it because I was just trying to understand what is the appeal of this movie. So I think that's the difference between talking about something you hate in a sort of examinatory, curious way as opposed to just talking about it in a way to basically feel superior and be like it's terrible and I'm better because I don't like it type of thing. I have to admit being on Twitter and the indie podcast community I do see a lot of that where there are a few people who will pop up. There's one that definitely springs to mind and that is the Nerdstalgic podcast mm. who he does an absolutely fantastic, so that's Luke from the Nerdstalgic podcast and he does an amazing and kind of positive review of things but I have to admit there's some things where you'll say that was fantastic that was amazing and here's me sitting all bitter yelling at kids to get off my lawn and then I turn around <laughs> and read this and I'm like really? You like it? Like not in that bad way to be like oh you like this because I think I wonder why you like yeah. something I'll listen to the episode or I'll read what he has to say and I think that is fantastic to have a discourse and kind of have someone to bounce back and forth with because whenever I do an episode on my own or a recording episode I think that it's quite difficult giving my own opinion because at the end of the day it's just me alone and I'm talking into the mic versus having someone either by my side or at the other end of Zencaster saying yeah. to me oh I think this instead because there's a lot of back and forth I've had with my co-hosts Adam, Andrew and even Craigie C when they've said well actually it's because of this and that they'll go oh, okay I'll take a step back but turning it on you do you feel that way as well that there are struggles with solo episodes versus ones that you do with other people. Yeah, there is, which is why with that episode, which was a solo episode, I took quotes from people. So like I posted on social media and asked for quotes, what people thought of that movie. And so it wasn't just me talking about my own opinion. I shared other people's opinions. And other than that, I don't really do solo episodes anymore, except for bonus content on my Patreon is the only place that you'll find solo episodes. 
I have to admit, I've pretty much done the same as well. Again, that makes me sound as if I'm tooting my own horn as well, being <laughs> like, oh, if you want the unfiltered real side of Satsunami, you have to go to <laughs> Patreon. But yeah, it's always good to be able to talk to people and be able to get ideas. And what you said there about getting opinions off of Twitter as well or from your own community, that is just such a great way to have people involved. Because I have to say, recently, and I don't know if it's just because of the good weather or people aren't listening to podcasts as much but have you ever felt as if that's a struggle sometimes that it's hard to foster engagement sometimes with your listeners? Yes I think so because I don't really have a lot of engagement with my listeners like the most that I ever get is like occasionally DMs or texts from folks who have listened and saying that they liked a particular episode but yeah my podcast like I was saying earlier is a lot like the radio show that I was doing as a kid (laughs) in that it just kind of goes out there and can be heard by people but engagement is not a thing that I'm super pursuing and I can't really say why other than it just doesn't motivate me at this point. On the one hand it is one of those things that can vary at times but I have to say see even if the number goes up by one for me I'm just like yes yeah, <laughs> I got one. <laughs> I reeled yeah. them in, but I know what you mean. That is that sense of different goals, I suppose, for podcasters, whether that be for, as you said, for engagement or just having it there for people to listen, to be able to find you. Not automatically, that's the wrong word. Organically, I suppose, which makes me sound like a podcast bot. I apologise <laughs> for <laughs> using good. that terrible word. <laughs> I just no, have to good. bleep it out and post. <laughs> I would love to have more engagement. I'm just not sure how to get it and I feel like I don't have the time to do the kind of marketing that is required but it would be really nice to actually hear directly from people how episodes are affecting them at this point I'm really just trying to put out the best product that I can and assume like okay I think this would make some people feel this way and I hope that's true and I'm just gonna imagine that there's people out there having these feelings and thoughts in their head based on my episode but it would be really nice to like actually see them written out but yeah I don't really know how to get more engagement besides quitting my job and having time to do marketing and promotion. No, I know exactly what you mean. I remember when I started trying to stream and do the podcast and I was about this close and I'm putting my finger in them together <laughs> as if you can see it. But yeah. I was like that close to just getting a boombox and just holding it over my head being like, yep, listen to the podcast. I'm sure this will backfire. <laughs> or getting a soapbox and being like, yeah, well, it's one of the hidden, I don't want to say downsides to be negative but it is one of the hidden difficulties I would say with podcasting that a lot of people don't really think but then again you can look at it on the other side I suppose that it's not really a downside because not everyone's going to be looking for that you know world class engagement they're not going to be looking for a thousand you know listeners per episode they're going to be looking more for just having a good time really. Yeah and when I think about the podcast that I'm a fan of and listen to I don't engage with them at all like all I do is hit play I don't even follow them like I follow podcasts in the podcast community but in terms of ones that I regularly listen to I'm not commenting on their content that much or anything so I don't know yeah I don't really know what engagement measures I guess engagement measures community probably because it is a very subjective thing isn't it obviously the objective part of it is numbers and everything but then it's like well what is more important is it listeners is it people who 
like your tweets because I have to admit, I've seen a lot of Twitter accounts that have hardly any followers, but when you look at the podcast and things or their Patreon or things like that, they're very successful or even yeah. on YouTube. And don't get me wrong, I think that's fantastic, but I do think that shows that numbers don't really mean everything. Absolutely. That's why my goal is to create something that even if one person listens, if there's one person out there who listens to it and feels good or has a better day or feels entertained or maybe even feels seen because we do touch on topics of mental health and childhood trauma and stuff like that through the lens of movies. So if anyone feels like seen or validated or relatable from listening to my podcast, even if it's just one person, that's worth it. That's my goal as opposed to like numbers. No, I can agree more with that to be honest. I honestly does make it worthwhile when even if you don't know to be honest because I'm saying like even if you know that someone out there is listening but even the thought that if someone is listening to this and you know they think oh you know I feel as she said seen or heard or they just feel comfortable with listening to it that is at the end of the day all we can really ask for isn't it? Yeah just getting our voices out there and hoping that it resonates with other voices I feel as if that is the perfect place to end but before we end because it is it's like a lovely book note at the end (laughs) perfect before we do I've got to ask two questions and the first one of course is something that we alluded to earlier when we're talking about k-dramas which is something that we have talked about off air of course So I've got to ask before, because I'm good conscious, I couldn't end the episode without asking, what are the current shows that you're watching just now? Oh, so, okay. So I just started watching Dr. John, but I literally only watched the first episode. And then I am re-watching two dramas because I'm watching them with friends. So I'm re-watching Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha with a friend who I just introduced to K-dramas. And then I'm starting a group party watch on Discord of Secret Garden from 2010. I have to say, I have really been lacking on my K-drama game right now. Oh, yeah. What was the last one you watched? Well, my girlfriend actually got me into... It was one called One the Woman. I don't know if you've seen that one. Never heard of it, no. So it's on Netflix and it's one of these... I don't want to say parent trap, but you know, it's like these identical women who one of them's like a socialite that gets bullied by her very rich family and then she gets mixed up with the complete opposite opposite of uh, this like meek woman who won't fight back and then they think she just bumped her head so that's why she's acting completely different and <laughs> you know shenanigans ensue and everything but I think the last one before that must have been I think it was like a rewatch of My Love from the Star. Oh nice. Which I absolutely is one of my favourites just purely because it was the very first one I watched not only with my girlfriend but also as a K-drama as a whole because I remember she had said like early on into her relationship she said oh you should really watch this k-drama and I was like ah, okay I'll, I'll, I'll try it never tried a k-drama <laughs> before and it literally starts with this alien coming down in this yeah. whirlwind throwing this noble woman nearly off a cliff and he yeah. stops time and I was like this is absolutely crazy I need more of this <laughs> yes yes that's such a good one to start with it has so many fun elements but as I said I need to get back into <laughs> watching them again because they are just such a lot of fun aren't they yes super fun yeah k-dramas <laughs> changed my life like they give me something to look forward to all the time and the fact that they're like many movies as well it's a commitment isn't it yeah you mean like getting around to seeing everything that there is to see yeah just in terms of the fact that k-dramas 
performance are usually about an hour or just under an hour or just over an hour. So you've got at minimum six hours worth of content for some series. Yeah, I try to tell people when I'm trying to push K-dramas on other people, I let them know that it's basically like a 16-hour movie or a 20-hour movie, depending on how many episodes it has. And each episode is like cinematic. It's such a different vibe from most Western television. Oh, no, it absolutely is. Because see if you zone out for one minute right. and then you come back, you're like, who the heck is that guy trying to <laughs> yeah. kill her? And you know, why, why, why is he taking over his father's company? And you're like, yeah. oh, it's him. But he, yeah, you go through the motions, you're like, oh, okay. It is just such a, it, it's a great commitment though, right enough. Because I have to admit, and I always feel like such a hipster when I bring it up, but I remember I had a friend who was like, oh, we should watch some K-dramas together. And we watched this one. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. I think it's Move from Heaven or yeah. Heaven Move. It was about a autistic boy who works with his dad. And he works in this company that remove the belongings of a dead person. Like if someone passes away in their flat and oh. they go in and clean it up. And then he ends up, he has to live with his uncle. And his uncle's obviously not very, you know, is open-minded. He's quite harsh towards his nephew and everything. And he's only got his friend to rely on. It's really well done and it's a really good one but we watched that together and there was another one we watched you know a small indie one you might have heard of called Squid Game and (laughs) yeah yeah, I actually watched it a week before or maybe not a week but definitely a couple of days before it got famous and I always remember I was sitting there and I watched the whole thing absolutely loved it and I was like I cannot wait to tell people I can't wait to talk about it. It's such a good show. And then, of course, I didn't need to because a week later, everyone was like, oh, it's the best thing ever, you know? So I was like, oh, God. Yeah, I, I so I have a confession. I have not seen Squid Game. <gasps> really? Oh. <laughs> I watched the first episode and a half, and I don't know if I'll ever finish it, but basically it's just not the genre that it's not what I come to K dramas for, but I can see and respect why it has appeal. Because I mean with K dramas, it is such a mixed bag. For the most part, I usually and this shows how sappy I am, but I usually stick to the kind of ones that have the most tropes in them you know the kind yeah. of romance ones and things yeah. and sometimes you do roll your eyes because I really can't handle a lot of the not because you know I'm against oh violence in shows but there's a lot of k-dramas that are just very uncomfortable to watch you know especially the crime ones yeah see I haven't even watched any any of those I think Dr. John and Kill It are the closest that I've gotten to like the darker topics so I've pretty much only watched the light topic k-dramas because I mean it's like following sleep listening to your favourite podcast and then you wake up and you're on a random true crime one and it's like (laughs) oh yeah they've gutted the body and I'm like I'm I'm sorry what? (laughs) Yeah. Because I mean I put it on and then yeah you get a very uncomfortable scene you're just like I'm out. Thank you but no thank you. Yeah I'm there I'm there with you too and that's actually been an interesting thing that's changed for me over time. I used to have a pretty high tolerance for gore and violence and I enjoyed not true crime because true crime wasn't as much of a thing when I was younger but I enjoyed that kind of genre it didn't 
bother me in a conscious way. But looking back on it, I do know that I had an uncomfortable feeling in my body that I wasn't in touch with. And as I've grown and matured and gotten more in touch with my feelings and like my physiological reactions, I'm now so in touch with it (laughs) that I can't watch violence anymore, which is wild because like I was a horror fan and I watched most of the Saw movies. I didn't like them, but I watched them. (laughs) Whereas now I can barely handle, I'll look away from violent scenes because I just feel it. I can feel the, I can feel the violence. (laughs) Oh no, I totally know what you mean because there's certain things that I have to admit I've watched, for example, the Raid films or a lot of action oriented films that are very violent. And don't get me wrong, I think cinematically, you know, oh, they're fantastic, but there's certain things that just completely set me off. For example, if there's bone breaking or Mm. things like that, and I'm just like, no. And again, I'm saying this as if I am an old man. I'm really not, you know, (laughs) as a joke. But, you know, there's a lot of things that I've seen where, you know, somebody falls the wrong way or the back breaks. It actually reminds me of, I've got a friend who's really into wrestling and we ended up visiting another friend in Stockholm and we went to see this WWE wrestling match. And I'd never seen wrestling live before. I'd seen it on TV and everything or if you saw it on a film. And you know the way it looks completely fake and you roll your eyes and you go, oh, right, okay. And then I remember going to see it for the first time and hearing like these grown men and women just smack hard against the floor and all these children (laughs) going, yeah, go punch him. And I was was just in horror. I was like, what (laughs) the hell? That looks sore. And you know, it makes me feel old because I'm like, he is going to be sore. He's going to need to heat pack. Is he okay? You know? And that is how I feel about these films. I'm like, oh, that looks sore. Or, oh, you know, you cringe and you're like, oh, that is not great. (laughs) I think that brings up a significant point about that kind of thing too, because these are people who are hurting themselves for our entertainment and that they choose to do that and they're adults so they can choose to do that. But then there is the environment of production around them where the people who are supposed to be taking care of them don't always take care of them. I don't know a lot about wrestling culture, but I'm sure that they sometimes push themselves past the limits that they should because of producing. And then definitely with film and TV shows, 13 Reasons Why or whatever it was called is something that comes to mind where they really did not support these actors who were hurting themselves for the show. So I think that comes into it too. And I'm like, yeah, I get that you're choosing to partake in this visual that is actually harmful to your body and that's your choice and you're an adult. But also I worry, I worry about you. I mean, that's a fantastic point, though. It's like these actors and actresses who do throw themselves into roles, and especially, and maybe, again, I know I keep bringing up, apologies, I'm a broken record, but maybe it's just I'm getting older and I'm looking at these actors who seem to be getting just younger and younger. And especially on Netflix and Amazon Prime, insert any streaming website here, but you see these actors and actresses that go into these roles, and some of the scenes that they have to do are just so harrowing. I mean, especially, as you said, the 13 reasons why obviously you know there'll be different levels some people will take care of their actors and actresses some people won't and it is just quite interesting to see from more of an adult perspective because see when you're younger and you look at these characters quote-unquote you see them more as characters when you're younger but as you grow up you see them more as the people behind the character and you're just like this is quite uncomfortable and obviously not always but there are just some instances of that and you think wow yeah rather 
rather than thinking of it as like being old, I think of it as maturity and growth, but also breaking out of a pattern, like breaking out of a habitual pattern or breaking out of a robotic pattern or conditioning. Because if you grew up with movies and TV, it's just part of your life and you're not questioning it and thinking about the people behind it as much. That's just a habit because you've been watching movies and TV before you could walk, probably most people. And then I think as you get older, it is a natural thing to kind of start to question and grow beyond that as opposed to like I don't think it means you're old per se or like out of touch (laughs) I think it's more like being more in touch with your own humanity as opposed to being out of touch because I have to admit one of the ones that really caught me off guard was and I don't know if you've heard of this show I think it's called Slasher could be wrong in that. I uh, haven't heard of it. It's like, uh, as the name implies, it's a <laughs> series. I think it's got three seasons, or technically four, but the first three were uploaded to Netflix. And each story is about a particular masked figure that goes around killing people and things. I'm not a big fan of horror or anything like that, but I've seen my fair share of, for example, Saw or, you know, mm-hmm. the Scream films. I've seen like really horrible scenes, and I'm like, okay. I can handle this, you know? Oh, it's just going to be a slasher. It's going to be a thriller. No problem. And then you see some of the violent scenes in this. And I was just like, oh my God, I was not prepared for that. So kind of glad that I still have that reaction to some things rather than being (laughs) desensitized to them. Because I I feel as if if I watched that and I felt nothing, I would have been like, yeah, probably time to cancel that Netflix subscription. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe time to talk to someone. (laughs) (laughs) oh no absolutely but seeing that note Aubrey thank you so much for coming on Chat Tsunami today to talk about yourself talk about podcasts and yeah talk about all things gay drama yeah thank you so much for having me on your show and I just want to give a shout out to your excellent show and as I mentioned earlier your social media presence is very appreciated and a, a really great part of the online podcast community and I was really happy to be able to be a part of it oh thank you honestly it was such a pleasure talking to you and I know we planned this a while ago and <laughs> I remember texting you being like yeah did we say today to yeah. I was like oh thank goodness that's fine yeah. <laughs> but no honestly thank you but before we finish up where can these lovely listeners at home find your content oh yeah so please do check out my new Twitch stream Twitch TV slash Mixtape Majesties where you'll find Riff Reads on Sunday afternoons Pacific Standard Time or Sunday evening sorry I changed the time Pacific Standard Time and then for my podcast you can follow Bring Your Own Popcorn on pretty much any podcast platform it's Bring Your Own Popcorn on Instagram and it's Bring Popcorn Pod on Twitter and yeah I just want to mirror that as well just please go check out that podcast and check out the Twitch stream both are absolutely fantastic shows and yeah I honestly couldn't recommend you enough so thank you so much right back at you (laughs) so if you're sitting here wondering wow this is the most recent episode of Chat Tsunami I have nothing more to listen to go over <laughs> to bring your own popcorn what are you doing here go yeah <laughs> do it but yeah if you want to check out more content from myself if you haven't already and you've finished bring your own popcorns that catalogue <laughs> as well if you've finished both of them yeah you can check out more content on podpage.com forward slash chat tsunami over on our website you can also check us out on all good podcast apps such as spotify itunes and yeah just look for the red panda and find us there i also want to give a huge shout out (laughs) 
Sorry. No, no, you're okay. <laughs> I also want to give a huge shout out to our Pandalorian patrons, Robotic Battle Toaster and Sonia. Thank you so, so much for supporting the channel. But if you're curious and you're thinking, what does patreon.com forward slash chat tsunami get me? Well, you can get a bunch of exclusive episodes as well as early access to episodes a week early. So if you're interested, that's patreon.com forward slash chat tsunami. But until then, thank you all so, so much for listening. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. Yeah, drink that water. <laughs> Welcome to Shatsunami, a variety podcast that discusses topics from gaming and films to anime and general interests. Previously on Shatsunami, we've analysed what makes a good horror game, conducted a retrospective on Pierce Brosnan's runs James Bond, and listened to us take deep dives both the Sonic and Halo franchises. Also, if you're an anime fan, then don't forget to check us out on our sub-series, Chatsunani, where we dive into the world of anime. So far, we've reviewed things like Death Note, Princess Mononoke, and the hit Beyblade series. If that sounds like your cup of tea, then you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. Movies and feelings. Pop Pop! Bring Your Own Popcorn is a podcast that dives into people and the movies who love them. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, inviting you to join me and an assortment of wonderful guests on fine podcast apps everywhere. Bring Your Own Popcorn! This episode is sponsored by Zencaster. If you're a podcaster that records remotely like me, then you'll know how challenging it can be to create the podcast you've always wanted. That's where Zencaster comes in. Before I met Zencaster, I was but a naive podcaster, recording on low quality, one track audio waves. But with Zencaster, you can kiss those fears goodbye as they provide crystal clear audio and HD video. Plus, with our all-in-one podcasting suite, recording with guests is extremely simple. From local recordings to post-production, Zencaster has it all. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code CHATSUNAMI. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.